Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 551, Severing Unhealthy Relationships. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Barb Rankin. For my 12th birthday, I received a copy of the Emily Post Book of Etiquette for Young People, which was written by Elizabeth Post. Got it from my grandmother, and I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share lessons about severing unhealthy relationships. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. You have almost made it through the week. And since this is the holiday season for many people, I'm guessing that some of you have social events planned for this weekend with family, friends, or perhaps folks you haven't seen in a long time. I know I've got a couple social events that I'm going to, and I'm really looking forward to sharing that holiday spirit. But how many people can we maintain social contact with at once? Well, that's the subject of today's fun fact. Have you ever heard of Dunbar's number? Robin Dunbar is a British anthropologist and evolutionary psychologist who has theorized that there is a cognitive limit to the number of people with whom each of us can maintain stable social relationships. In other words, how many people can be in your social circle before your brain overloads? He determined that the number, Dunbar's number, is between 100 and 250 with a rough average of 150. That is the maximum number of people with whom one can have a genuinely social relationship. He determined this by studying the correlation between primate brain size and their average social group size, and he extrapolated the primate brain to the human brain results to arrive at the human group comparative size. That's how he came up with 100 to 250. The number represents the number of people that we maintain social contact with during a given period of time and does not include people that we know but with whom we no longer have a relationship or with whom we have a casual acquaintance. Now, there's quite a bit more anthropological sciency information about how Dunbar determined the social number. But far more interesting is that his estimate has been used by social software developers in determining the programming for online social networks that we use today. So Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those, that's what's being used. Other anthropologists have estimated the number to be between 231 and 290 people. However, Dunbar's number is the one that remains the standard today since it was first published in the 1990s. I currently have 144 friends on my Facebook page and 442 contacts in my LinkedIn account, so I'm not sure what conclusions Dunbar would reach about my social number. You know how you can keep in touch with some of your social contacts, though? Well, that's right. Contribute to the Friday Forum. We're in the home stretch of stuff I learned yesterday, and these remaining Friday Forums are your last chance to tell us how you have made a difference or how stuff I learned yesterday has impacted you by sharing your experiences with all of us in the Golden Spiral Media community. Share your story. What experiences have you had and what lessons have you learned? For whom have you made a difference? Or how has someone made a difference for you? 
please don't miss this last chance to participate in the Friday Forum by visiting our feedback page or calling our voice feedback line at 304-837-2278. Or you can even typey-typey out a message and send it in. I want to hear from you. I can't wait to hear what you've learned. What I learned yesterday. Another student was picking on a smaller classmate in the back of the bus. I was only seven years old at the time, but someone told me what was occurring and then asked me to do something about it. So I got up and proclaimed in my strongest and very childish voice that I would stop it. I did, but it must have been a setup because the friend who was sitting next to me on the bus opened my metal lunchbox and threw my Christmas drawings out the window. I got off the bus crying and my mom, who was right there waiting for me, took me home and pulled out paper and crayons so that I could recreate my Christmas masterpieces, which were my present to her. I never sat next to that so-called friend on the bus again. I was too young to understand what I had done, but I had severed a relationship because I knew that person had done something deliberately to hurt me, and I didn't like it. We begin learning as children how to navigate relationships, how to learn to play with siblings, cousins, and friends, and our responses often can be childish as we reject our young playmates. We learn about etiquette, polite behavior at home and in public with our peer group. I read the Emily Post book I received from my grandmother to get answers on how to behave with other young people my age. Politeness, courtesy, and patience were key, and not emotionally hurting someone else. As we become adults, we learn to accept faults in others and in ourselves because we know that none of us is perfect, but we need to draw the line between people who generally are positive for us and those relationships that are unhealthy. After my divorce many years ago, my self-esteem sunk to a very low level, and I began hanging out with a crowd of fun people, people who partied and carried on without a care in the world. It was all about them, and therefore, it became all about me. While some of the crowd's behaviors troubled me from time to time, I told myself that I was getting something out of these relationships. I had company, friends, events to attend, parties, a crutch for dealing with my feelings of low self-worth. One older and well-meaning co-worker asked me bluntly, when was I going to grow up? And I laughed her off. When one of these friends moved to another state, I would visit that individual, and one time that person asked me to bring her drugs, compliments to someone else in the crowd, carry them on the plane. Now, some members of this crowd used a particular drug, and I did not partake. That was a line I wasn't going to cross. When I refused to bring her, her drugs and told her that she was out of her mind, she called me a baby. Another friend began spreading rumors about me, intending to hurt my reputation. All the little behaviors that had been bothering me since I joined the group suddenly felt like a tidal wave. I sat down at my dining room table one evening and asked myself, what would I become if I continued following in this crowd? And I didn't like the answer. It was time to sever those unhealthy relationships. And I did, face-to-face and via the telephone. How do you determine if a relationship is unhealthy? What if that relationship was your main source of social engagement? How do you move forward so that you don't feel alone? You need to ask yourself a few questions. Do I want to spend time with this person? Or do I feel an obligation to do that? 
Does this person make me feel good about myself and give me loving and constructive feedback? Or do they tear me down, accentuate my faults, and make me feel like a loser? Do I like this person? And does this person genuinely like me? If I didn't know him or her, how would I feel about their behavior? Is this person trying to get me to do something illegal or behave in a way that contradicts my core values and beliefs? Does this person act in a way that could become dangerous for me or other people? Am I uncomfortable being around this individual? Do I trust this person? Will remaining in a relationship with this person help them in some way or help me? What am I getting out of this relationship? What am I giving in this relationship? Can this relationship be mended if it is broken? And what effort will it require? Are we both willing to make compromises to make this relationship a healthy one? Has this relationship been unhealthy for so long that I'm clinging to it because it's familiar? Is this a positive person? If not, how can this person become positive? If the person can't become positive, who are the positive people I know? I want to cultivate healthy relationships with them so that I can move forward with caring individuals, so I can be a caring person to them. Here's what I learned. My mom brought me up to respect myself and other people. She rarely had a crossword for anyone, but I also watched her walk away from people who were not positive and she didn't let them into our lives. I want to have positive people around me. I want to have supportive people around me. I want to be a positive and supportive person for other people. I want relationships that flourish and are healthy. This is an ongoing struggle for me. I've seen the damage that can occur to relationships through social media, and I'm not just talking about the election. During the past three and a half years, I've watched my local community grow ever more divided over a piece of vacant property, which was once a defunct golf course. One side is in favor of developing the property, and the other side is in favor of forcing the current owner to turn it back into a golf course every single day. There are nasty words, heated exchanges, and rude comments made between neighbors on our Neighborhoods Nextdoor.com website, in the local paper, and in general conversations. One individual posted untruths about me personally and tried to use an old Facebook profile picture to embarrass me. I was angry and it took everything in me to walk away and not respond. I've considered several times pulling out of social media altogether but instead decided to ignore the posts and focus on all the healthy relationships in my social media circles. I've learned to stop, pause, and think about what I'm doing. I've learned to take a deep breath and walk away. I've reminded myself not to self-destruct and to not engage in behavior of which Emily Post would not have approved, of behaviors of which I would be ashamed. And at times, it has been very difficult to hold my tongue but I want to have and to promote healthy relationships, so I need to lead by example. I've learned the hard way that it is okay to walk away and sever ties with people. I don't need unhealthy relationships in my life that can't be changed. Unhealthy relationships drain energy that I can devote toward healthy ones. Healthy relationships. Ones that will grow. Ones that have meaning on this short journey we call life ones that I will cherish. 
I'm Barb Rankin, and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at Facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. If you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd share it with a friend.